You need to beep, 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 beep. Okay. Slinky. Massachusetts, right? Yeah. I've started recording. Sorry. <laughs> I'll just edit this part out. <laughs> Okay. We need one of those record lights that goes on once we. But then I so I need I really need two screens to do this proper so then I can keep my notes on one screen and the recording on the other screen so then we're not doing this but maybe I'll just keep this as bonus at the end. The extended director's cut. Or at the beginning, nobody knows. Yes. Okay. Um, hello, 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 my little creepy darlings. Welcome back this Wednesday to another episode of the Creepy Cryptid Crypt. We have again been blessed by the presence of Dr. Manhattan. You're welcome and hello. <laughs> the dogs are in the podcast room again. Uh, giraffe, if you want to send me that website to edit out the background noise, background noise, background noise, background noise, that would be great. This room is very acoustic. Very acoustic. Maybe too acoustic. There's just no... It, it's tile. Right. There's no hard, There's no carpet to soften. So, okay. anyway. Uh, we are going to tell you guys about the Danvers Asylum in Danvers, Massachusetts. And this episode is going to be filled with ghosts, mayhem, fires, and all kinds of other random shit. So let's just get right fucking into it. Um... The site that's known as the Danvers Asylum was on top of 500 acres of land originally that was purchased by a human named Francis Dodge in 1874. Uh, I just want to pause for a second to think about 500 acres of land. Do I have the year wrong? You're making a face. No, no, no. Okay. No, you're spot on. It's just, this is such a wild location. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the acreage mm -hmm. or the time frame, but it's just this area and what the history that's there is just wild. Can you tell us about it? Well, apparently it was originally the area of the Salem Witch Trials. Yes. But that's going back. We hop, back. skipping a jump. Uh-huh. So. We have that? Yeah. So we were already on a hot spot. Yeah. And we're like, ah, yes! But history wanted more. We will build here. <laughs> um... The sprawling 500 acres was covered in oak, pine, and apple groves and had a view of Boston, which was 18 miles south of this immense property. And on this site, they said, yes, this is wonderful. We will construct the State Lunatic Hospital at Danvers. It's perfect. Uh, there was an immediate need for this hospital because the mental hospital south of Boston had been closed. And the one north of Boston was over capacity, and I mean over capacity by several hundred patients. That's terrifying. Yeah. It is also worth mentioning that this was like a countrywide thing at the time, too. Mm -hmm. It's like they were starting to realize, hey, people that aren't quite right need to be somewhere in the same place. Well, it's not even not quite right. I have, I'm so excited for this piece a little bit later down the line, but I have a story I found of somebody whose relative who was there and why they were there is just going to like totally fucking blow your mind. So, um, yeah. So overcapacity in the North Boston, South Boston one is closed. So obviously this structure had space for patients doing air quotes. Now you can't see me. Uh, attendance admin offices and then they later added homes for nurses so that they that that way the staff was kept separate 
from the patients, but they were still in a close proximity. Um, they also added to tuberculosis buildings. That's not the word. It says something else, but I'm going to call them tuberculosis buildings because I can't say the other word. Um, repair shops, farm buildings, and other buildings to help aid in the therapeutic treatments and assist in the hospital becoming self-sufficient. So the goal was to use that whole property to kind of be like their own operating township. This is massive though. Yeah. Like 40 buildings overall. It's crazy. Which is insane for like a single site. Crazy. The other thing, it's just, if you want to be that self-sufficient, that makes me immediately suspicious. Like what do you not want other people to know about? True, but it also makes me concerned about ratios. There's no way you have a campus like that mm -mm. and proper ratios of like patient to workers or whatever. Um, so the Danvers Asylum opened on May 1st in... That took a long time to construct. Sorry, 1978 uh, with the first set of patients arriving May 13th. The original superintendent of the hospital was a Dr. Calvin S. May, and he served a short two years. And I, do, I personally don't think Dr. May had the qualifications to do this because he had only been an assistant physician at a Connecticut mental hospital for the insane from um, 1874 to 1877. And then in 1877 was the acting superintendent. So th there's, there's a gap. And then it's like, oh, here are the keys to, like, the largest... Facility. Crazy person place we've ever designed. Yeah. I just... <clears throat> uh, Danvers would go on to add a training program for nurses. See, that doesn't make sense. I mean, what better place to kick off your nursing career? So just the, the dates that I found that are from, like, the direct fucking danversstatehospital.org. The dates don't make any fucking sense because they said... So that the training program for nurses was opened in 1889 and the pathology lab was opened in 1895. So they were doing all of these things before they had patients? I don't think so. So what I'm looking at... This My is, dates have to be wrong. There's no way. All that's interesting. They started construction in 1874 and the first patients weren't around until 1878. Okay. So it must have been... Oh, you know what? After. I bet you I had a typo. Typos happen. Yeah, mm -hmm. it does happen. That makes more sense. Okay, thank you. I appreciate you talking through my typo because mm -hmm. that timeline makes more sense. Okay, well, it doesn't matter because we're going to jump to 1920 anyway. Absolutely. So, uh, in 1920, the hospital started partnering with school clinics to assess any mental illness or deficiencies in kids. And then we're going to jump way the fuck. Sorry. Just going to say, like, doesn't it just seem that, like, before they really ever got stability on any one thing they just kept adding shit yes that's brilliant yep considering what we're talking about yep that's a mm -hmm. breeding ground for success mm -hmm. they're so good at that mm. um yeah so danvers was closed in june of 1992 due 92? to 92 it's a big leap i know open for a hot second closed in 92 just we were talking about like early 1900s, now we're in the 1990s. Mm -hmm. What happened in between all those many, 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 many years and decades? I will tell you. Okay. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> that's all you get. It's that's close. All you get, folks. The episode over. And then from 92 to present day, and we're done. Yes. Um. Yeah, I kind of jump around a lot. That's okay. So, 
1992 closed due to budget cuts for mental health by the governor at the time, who was a man named William Weld. And here is my note. So now we have the background on the hospital. I'd like to point out that the original structure was built to house 400 patients, but in 1920 they were housing over 2,000. Right. So, well, they're not great with math, but 2,000 versus 400. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A little over. And I'd like also to point out that many of these original facilities were closed down thanks to the work of Dorothea Dix, who discovered how mistreated the patients actually were and shouted it from the rooftops, and it just kind of continued from there. So some facilities were shut down entirely. Other facilities were given the chance to try to make things better. It's sad because, you know... This reality of like how poorly people are being treated is messed up in that the whole premise, I shouldn't say the whole premise, but one of the things about Dammers was their whole mission, so to speak, was they legit were trying to cure people. Well, so we thought to have they that were. as a premise, so to speak, yeah. and then be mistreating people who were already fucked up to begin with, it's cruel. Yeah, well, my note here is, is like the government was just like, all right, fuck it. We're going to shut everything down. We're not going to create jobs or put money or, you know, give them more of what they need to fix the problem. We're just done. What? We're cutting our losses. Messing up funding? I don't, right. yeah. Don't even get me started on that. Um, yeah, and reports of this sort of mistreatment started as early as the 1940s. I mm -hmm. mean, this, this was like mm -hmm. years and years of people being like, something mm -hmm. is not right here. Mm -hmm. So, and this, I'm, I'm going to cover it again, but this mistreatment includes the way they're treating patients, and that is, you know, the hydrotherapy treatment, oh. the, oh, Rex agrees. Mm -hmm. Hydrotherapy is not the way to go. He doesn't like it. Can you, can you just take a chill pill? Um, the electro shock therapy, the conversion therapy, if you happen to be LBGT. I don't think there's a cue at this point, but you know, um, there was straight jackets. We are, I'm gonna talk about lobotomies a little bit. Like there's just all kinds of things. And so to kind of encapsulate all of those crazy things, <clears throat> there are recorded 770 patient deaths at Danvers hospitals, but I think that that's a small number because there are 700 plus in the two cemeteries on site because historians estimate the deaths to be over 10,000. So I just want you to like take a minute, listeners, and think about a big ass place haunted by 10,000 angry ghosts. Not just that, but the reality of 10,000 deaths, we have had, and this is not to undermine or downplay things, but we've had terrorist attacks that didn't clean no. their lives. Like that's, that's a lot of people. Yeah. Well, and what's crazier, excuse me, is that the Danvers facility didn't even see fit to, when they buried their patients, give them gravestones with their names and information. They were buried in the ground in numbered lots. So if you go to the danversstatehospital.org, you can see, and I'll post some of the photos on the Instagram, you can see some of these lots. They're just fucking numbers. They're like, ah, yes, patient number 324. You will rest here. It's, it's fucking bonkers. It's like they weren't even people. It's tomorrow either. 
The good thing is, is that the discovery of that made people so pissed off that they made a huge effort in 2002 to start to identify some of the remains. And so you'll see on the website now some of those grave markers have been replaced with the names of the patients who are there. Um, so that kind of, you know, had a little bit of something good. Um, there was a contingency on the sale of the property after it was closed in 1992 that whoever bought it would have to take care of the cemeteries properly. So there was that. Uh, I'd like to dig into the lobotomies a little bit. It's a great way to phrase that. Okay, so Danvers Asylum is noted in a lot of places as being the home to the American lobotomy. Um, it's a big deal, actually. It is a big deal. I'm 98% sure the human who invented the lobotomy was not American, and that Americans was like, ah, yes, I did this first. I will claim it. Because the guy who won the Nobel Peace Prize is not an American. Well, I don't know if this is irony, but it's a little bit funny that a supposed cure for fixing insanity was to, like, yeah. Yeah. So, do that thing. For those of you who don't know what a lobotomy is, uh, it's a surgical procedure that severs the connection um, from the prefrontal cortex from the rest of your brain. And I'm, you can't see me, but so the prefrontal cortex is right behind your forehead and it connects to the rest of your brain. And the prefrontal cortex is kind of where uh, your decision making is and parts of your personality are. So, um, Obviously, when they did that, a lot of patients became more docile, but then they also had blunted or no emotions. I... Sorry, this part makes me really angry. I would also like to point out that medically, surgeons recommended when anesthesia was unavailable, the best course of action was to use electroconvulsive therapy on the patient until they passed out and then to proceed with the lobotomy. And I'd like to say a lobotomy is a fairly rudimentary surgery. It's pretty close to what you see in horror movies and TV shows. They're putting that shit right through your eyeball. It's just, an, and it's not to, not to play just one side of the procedure, but it's an odd way to try to fix a person's behavior. Well, so at this point in time, yes, it is. At this point in time, though, there's not a lot of research behind brain surgery. They don't have the tools to cut into the skull yet. So this is what they think works. Unfortunately, it results in a high fatality rate in a bunch of people who are now ready to go back into society. But that's because they're just, they're broken. You broke them. You fucking broke them. I also can't imagine the number of fucking eyeballs that they ruined in eyesight because the the part of the orbital lobe that's really close back here that ner that neuron that um, neural pathway has to go all the way back. Well, and and especially because there's no way, especially when they were doing this as much as they were, like it was it was almost they were still figuring it out. Mm -hmm. So you had all these, you know, hundreds and thousands of patients that were just being fucked with, basically, mm -hmm. to see if it would work, and then kept there, mm -hmm. regardless of how well or bad it went. Yeah. 
And their families are like, great, take them. I don't want them. It's fine. They're not my problem anymore. It's your fucking problem. Do what you want. It'd be interesting. I don't know if you already have this. Like, for those that were there, Mm patient-wise, how many were, like, brought there, sent there, forced to go there? I have one story. Mm. And we're we're getting real close. That's a good little transition. Um, Because I'm going to talk about the ghosts for a hot second. Because there are no... It's so silly. There are no identified specific ghosts or ghost stories. You do a lot of digging and you say, Danvers Asylum, haunted, creepy, spooky. But you can't get specific ghosts because there were so many people in and out of there. You can go watch Ghost Hunters. Um, That's probably the best way to watch their episode on YouTube because a lot of people who trespass at the Danvers Asylum before other things happened to it um, would experience, you know, nausea, noises, seeing dark entities. But to kind of get like the full vibe, your best bet is to go watch stupid fucking Zach, whatever his name is, on Ghost Hunters. Um, Because there's, it's not like all of these other places where you've got fucking Sally Sue who haunts like the haunted house on Haunted Hill. It's, there are too many people to sit there and identify. And I bet you if you took a medium or an empath there that they would be so overloaded, they would just turn right back around. It's like, no, thank you. I don't wanna be here. So, mm. uh, I would say if you would like to be truly terrified to kind of get an idea of what it would have been like to go trespass and go through Danvers Asylum and conduct your own ghost hunting, I would watch the movie called Grave Encounters first. And then watch the Ghost Hunters episode. And then end your evening with the movie Session 9. I know I said in one of the past episodes that I was going to have Dr. Manhattan watch those movies with me. But I'm 98% sure I've already had him watch those movies with me. So. And really just, I mean, I know you're going to post some photos. It's almost like looking at Chernobyl. It's crazy. It's wild how this looks. Crazy. Crazy. So. That whole grouping kind of should give you the vibe of what what resides there in terms of energy. Um, excuse me. And so now I can get into the account that I found of someone from Reddit. Reddit is a great place for ghost stories and stuff. You have to do a little bit of vetting to make sure it's not like a creepy spaghetti Creepy pasta, creepy pasta. Make sure it's not a creepy sure, pasta or sure. whatever. But Reddit's a great place. I think we can just say Reddit's a great place. Creepy spaghetti. Oh, I'm gonna yell that for that. Um, creepy spaghetti. Creepy spaghetti. But the the user who posted it claimed that their great aunt was a patient there. Um, so I'll, I'll kind of read you through the post because it it's gnarly, and then we'll get into um, more recent times. Did you have anything to add before I get into this? It's hard to say because so much fucked up shit has happened here. I know, I know. Um, but just to recap, we're talking about a place that was built with over a million dollars in funding, which mm-hmm. that's insane considering when this went down. For that and time for frame, that yeah. Time frame. So this was like not so low-key meant to be a really big successful deal mm-hmm. that essentially went to shit real quick. Mm-hmm. And then it was like everyone just started taking a step back like, okay, Denver, all right. 
Um, so thank you, Reddit poster related to witches. Uh, this post is from three years ago. And it is titled, My Great Aunt Was a Patient at Danvers State Hospital. Hey, can you stop that? I love you, but they're going to hear that on the mic. Yeah. And they're going to be like, ew, gross, what's that noise? Yeah. I don't need any licks, Rex. Thank this you. This Reddit story brought to you by Red Dog. Red Dog. <laughs> Red Dog. Red Dog. <gasps> Reddit Red Dog. Yeah. He's a good bone. Okay. Um, there is a sexual violence trigger, just so you know. Uh, so the story goes, in the year of 1948, my great aunt was taken to Danvers State Hospital and she was 18 years old. She was not mentally ill. In fact, she was one of the most balanced women I had ever had the privilege of meeting. Maureen, or Gammy, as I used to call her, always told me wild and elaborate stories about her escapades in the late 20s. However, she failed to tell me about the darkest part of her life from age 18 to 21. Slinky. When Gammy died last year from heart attack, Grandpa Joe had given my mother and I boxes of her personal belongings. She didn't have any children of her own, so she considered my mother to be her daughter. Uh, I asked if my grandpa was sure he wanted to give these away, and he said, what the fuck am I going to do with a bunch of old boxes? Besides, you know it'll all be gone, too. Um, when they took the boxes home, my mom told me to unload them into the garage, but I wanted to take some upstairs with me in hopes of reminiscing about Gammy. I turned on my reading light and hopped into bed with... Apparently they had a floral pink colored box labeled 4851 with the word discard scribbled on the side. The box was filled to the brim with several medical documents. There were files of patient I-68937. My great aunt, also Gammy. Uh, I opened up the first file, which read as follows. Maureen Spurgeon, last name changed for privacy reasons, obviously, um, is exhibiting signs of emotional distress. The patient has sexual tendencies toward the same gender. How dare. How dare. Patient was seen canoodling an 18-year-old female in her bedroom. So just, it's not a... <sighs> Well, being mentally ill encompassed a lot of ridiculous things in the time frame that Danvers was open. Yes, unfortunately, there was not very much, maybe not as much open-mindedness, if you will, or support for all walks of life. There was not. So, God forbid, someone like the same sex, they must be mentally insane. Fucking stupid. So fucking stupid. A uh, patient was unwillingly sedated and taken to hospital where she had an emotional outburst. So I just want to pause for a second and think about the fact that your parents fucking sedated your ass and then just dropped you off at a mental hospital. It, it's also crazy in that I use that word loosely in this context, but that's the same year when she was initially taken. That's when they started the lobotomies. Mm -hmm. So it just, it just, it makes you wonder, like... Was there promoting or, you know what I mean? Like, were people reaching out and being like, hey, do you have a family member that you're concerned about? Bring them to Danvers. We'll take care of it. We'll give them a free lobotomy. Like, fucking stupid. Um, the medical chart said patient discharge TBD diagnosis. It's going to make a lot of you mad. It makes me mad. Uh, sexual orientation disturbance. And at this point in time in psychology, this was a disorder. It is no longer a disorder. Thank God. The gods, but just so that. Um, 
Treatment suggestions. Would you like to take a guess? I mean, how many, you know? There are <clears throat> four. Okay, I'll just read them. Uh, conversion therapy, aversive treatment, lobotomy, and psychoanalytic therapy. For those of you who don't know what aversion treatment is, it's they bring in the thing that you like and they find a way to associate it with things that you do not like. So in this case, they are probably showing her images of attractive females and then shocking her or physically hurting her in some way. That's what aversion therapy was in that point in time. It's fucking in, it's crazy. And I hate using that word in this context, but I have no other words for it. No other words. Um, the story continues. At the time, I had no idea that my great aunt was a lesbian. She never shared this part of her life with me, which came as a shock. Three years back, I told her that I was bisexual and she accepted that. I pondered why she would have married Grandpa Joe if she truly was a lesbian or even bisexual. But as I continued to sift through the remaining documents, everything became clear. She endured horrible physical and emotional pain. I found a small pocket journal with scribbled handwriting that contained several of my great aunt's accounts of her treatments at Danvers. Sorry. I growl when I get angry. Uh, April 16th, 1948 reads, I have yet to see my dearest Emily, yet I can hear her screams from the other room. It wasn't until the next day that I realized her true pain from Dr. May. Mm -hmm. Today, they administered electric shock to my genitals. The pain was unbearable. I begged the doctor to stop, but he firmly pressed against my clitoris and continued to torture me. This continued for another 10 minutes until I agreed to touch his genitals. It was unfamiliar and uncomfortable. I felt a common whore afterwards and cried in the showers. This is what they considered to be aversion and conversion therapy. And a lot of icky people, I'm sure, took fucking advantage of this shit. So... The next journal entry is June 8th, 1950. Emily is gone, never to return. I think that the pain nearly killed her. She was a mere 80 pounds when she left. I watched as her mother and father brought round the car. I wasn't going to lie to myself. I couldn't. I turned away and watched as the mentally ill around me ate their own feces and ran wildly through the howls. The asylum was piling up and we were stacked like sardines across the corridor. Most kept to themselves, but some of the men would continually touch themselves and intensely stare at you. I complained multiple times to the nurses and doctors, only to be ignored. So we have two days later. June 10th, 1950. The doctor continued to touch me before my session today. I called out, but no one came. It was still silence as he brushed up against me and con- Sorry. Continually penetrated me. All I could think about was Emily. Did she endure such hardships as well? When I protested, he sat me down, tied me to the chair, grabbing a sharp tool resembling an ice pick. Lobotomy tool. <laughs> hey! <clears throat> I shook in terror as tears scattered across my cheeks and the ridge of my nose. I begged for narcotics before he proceeded, but he ignored my complaints. He quickly stabbed the pick 
through my head as I clenched my teeth and tried to fight through the pain. A curling smile appeared across his crooked yellow teeth. That will be all, he said. I felt the ringing in my ears all night and an immense pressure coming from my head. That night I hid and slept in the closet. The uh, Great Denise then skips ahead to the last journal entry, which is July 21st, 1951. Today is the day I have changed as a person and Dr. May has helped me see that. I am attracted to men. I can be. I am attracted to Dr. May. I am ready to start anew, get married, and have several children with a male lover. The last journal entry caught me off guard. I wasn't sure if my grandmother was truly manipulated or if she kept that secret for all those years. I sifted through the box some more to find several photos. One photo in particular contained an envelope with something... I don't think this part is true, but I don't really know. Hard in it, I slowly opened the envelope to find a picture labeled The Great Doctor. It was a photo of what appeared to be Dr. May with my gammy. I reached for the hard object and quickly dropped it to the ground as it was a five-inch mummified penis. I took the box and burned all of its contents in the fireplace that night, and I don't ever plan on telling my family what I found. And so there we have an account of Maureen being at Danvers State Hospital from 1948 to 1951. Just for being a lesbian. So, there's that. Uh, Do you have anything to add before I jump way ahead to 2005? Anything to add to what? Anything before 2005? I mean, there's just a lot in general, so. There's a lot. There's a lot. So, if you want to dig into it more specifically, Google it. There's a lot going on there. But uh, if we jump to 2005, the property was sold to Avalon Bay Communities to turn the area into residential apartments. Because, you know, that's a brilliant fucking idea. We've already got ghosts of the Salem Witch Trials and 10,000 dead mental patients that were never treated. Let's just, you know, let people fucking live here regularly. It'll be fine, right? No. Um, The Historical Preservation Fund was also pissed about this, and thereby they filed a lawsuit to counter the sale, but they couldn't get it done in time, and... Avalon Bay secured the proper permits and was able to demo like a good chunk of the original structures and just like, fuck it. And so then they got the sale. The historical society couldn't get through to them. I think they had to leave some pieces of the Kirk Kirkbride building, but they had already destroyed good chunks of it. So they couldn't destroy any more, if I recall correctly. Uh, and yeah, because if you destroy the building, all the bad things just go away. I think <laughs> it just goes away. So. I think everything's loose. I mean, at this point. Come on. Oh. Um, Avalon Bay started construction of 497 apartments in January of 2006, but the ghost of Danvers had other idea, other ideas. Um, so, hmm. then on April 7th in 2007, a lot of people like to say the ghosts, but who knows. Um, Four of the complex buildings and four of Avalon Bay's construction trailers were just burned to the ground. Girls were like, mm, fuck off, this is our spot. No, thank you. And unfortunately, they were able to recover and complete the apartments, 
and now they are rented out as luxury spaces. And I just like, I, I wouldn't live there unless you paid me. And even if you paid me, like, I, I don't think I would actually like stay there. But again, we come back to 10,000 plus restless souls who were left untreated, treated with lobotomies, conversion therapy, aversion therapy, hydrotherapy, electroshock convulsion. Like there's just. Also, there's a lot of patients that haven't been found. Yeah. They just went missing. Just missing. They're not recorded. No, no record of nope. what happened. There's that. Mm -hmm, Lost mm -hmm. track of that one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, and so to, to piggyback off of that, there, the tunnels that are under the facility are still there. Like they're, they're blocked off to a certain point, but they're still there. So if you are determined enough to open a portal to another spirit world, that's your spot. Like, there's not enough incense in the world to fucking smoke cleanse that whole apartment building. There's no fucking way. No fucking way. Um, most recently, a human was found somewhere he shouldn't be. I'm trying to get to the press release. Please hold. Apologize. Beep, 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 beep. Um, so on January 31st in 2002, at approximately 11.45 a.m., Danvers Police Department and the Danvers Fire Department located a deceased male inside the former Danvers State Hospital steam plant. <clears throat> they removed the male from the building, and at this point in time, the incident remained under investigation by Massachusetts State Police detectives, and it was assigned to the Essex County DA's office. Um, they did not suspect, sus pff, suspect any foul play. However, there's no other information. I went through Danvers Police, I went through Massachusetts State Police, I went through the Essex County DA, nothing. There's no additional tweets, and this tweet off of the Danvers like Police Twitter page does not exist. Well, so it's one of the few examples, I think, where you can't necessarily point someone to a documentary, sadly, mm -hmm. but I also think that's because people are very intentionally not talking about this. Yeah. So... Regardless of who you find, whether it be police or people that work there, whatever, nobody's talking. Nobody's revisiting no, anything. No, no. And it's just, there's, okay, accidental death. What is he doing there? How did he get into the stack of the steam plant? I looked at the schematics of the buildings that were left and their original. There's no way he just willingly climbed into the steam stack and just expired there. It just, it makes no fucking sense. That steam stack was added on later because of the self-sufficient shit. But like, what the fuck? We're just gonna close it and be done? No further investigation, nobody is charged? It's convenient. It's fucking stupid. So that's the most recent update I have on Danvers Asylum. We know the horrors that happened there. I don't recommend 
going there to ghost hunt because I imagine security is pretty tight in the remaining buildings. If you do happen to find yourself in Massachusetts and you are near Danvers and you head to the cemeteries, don't forget to take offerings for the gatekeepers of the cemeteries so you don't bring any bad juju home. If you want to go do some ghost hunting, uh, don't leave them like a lot of money though because it confuses them. Just a couple of coins, it's fine. So, um, so yeah. Dark, heavy place, a lot of bad energy existed there before they built Danvers. So it's kind of like, I imagine like this great, giant, scary, purple, black orb of bad energy at this point. Uh, I can't imagine what living there is like, but that's... Fun fact, they apparently had another fire as recently as yesterday. No fucking way. Yeah, so... Yeah. See, they're pissed. They don't want people to live there. They just want to be left alone. They can't get to the other side because they can't resolve their trauma because I'm sure Dr. May is his own fucking ghost that's trapped there as part of his own fucking purgatory. Ugh, stupid. 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 Foolish. I hope it burns the whole fucking thing to the ground. I hope every apartment owner who lives there has insurance and then it burns to the ground so you can go live somewhere nicer and not haunted. Not haunted is key. Kind of hate you if you live there, but whatever. And that's all I have on the Danvers Asylum. Go, go do something fun. Maybe something outside. This is a very heavy episode. Yes. We can't go outside because a storm's coming in. I dare say this is for those that suffered there, though. Yeah. I just wish we had access to more information. And you know as well as I do that if they have it, they're not providing it to the general public because a larger outcry will happen than the one in 2002 when people found out that they were not even marking the fucking graves. Mm. Like... Um, if you want to see pictures of the Danvers Asylum when it was open and what people have trespassed and take photos of please head over to the Creepy Cryptid Crypt podcast on Instagram I will upload what I can it's probably going to be like a myriad of photos because there's just so many um but I've got some great photos from the Danvers Historical Society as well as the DanversStateHospital.org, blah, 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 blah. Uh, if you want to dig and you can find more, please comment on the photos and let me know. We are interested in whatever else we can get our hands on in regard to this, especially because so much of pop culture is based off of not only this structure, but the story of this asylum. We've got those movies I already mentioned, we've got fucking that H.P. Lovecraft book that's escaping my brain, we've got um, Arkham. Arkham Asylum from the Batman Gotham video games and series and all that stuff. So there's just, there's so much history that comes from this place. So whatever you've got, send it my way. I will read all the things. Excuse me. Um... But until then, please don't forget to do all the things that I hate saying. Rate, like, subscribe, follow, 
tell your friends about this podcast or things that you heard on this podcast. I frankly don't care at this point. All the above in no particular order. No particular order. Uh, I will speak at you soon. I will preface that with I've got the episode on the Dover Demon coming soon. I have gone down a couple rabbit holes with some crazy wild serial killer theories. I will preface it with I don't have the resources or the tools to confirm nor deny whatever I find in those episodes, but it's going to be fun rabbit holing regardless. So until then, I'm going to let you... Creepy lovelies go. I'm gonna go make some mac and cheese.